Hunt, hunt. Another cougar game is in the books. First and goal. No, they said it was third down. It doesn't matter. Algier powers his way in. Touchdown, BYU. And they'll give it to Rashad White. Touchdown, ASU. White will get all the credit for that touchdown, but the block by Hatch, the fullback H-back, crushed in the right side and gave him a huge alley. From the pistol, Algier's going to pitch it back to Pau. Back to Hall. Hall throwing deep, wide open. Enzo, touchdown! Second down, running back went the wrong direction. Hall is going to throw it, and he's got his tight end wide open. A blown coverage, Isaac Rex. Touchdown, BYU. It went from a blown play to a blown coverage. And Ghana goes left side, trying to get to the corner. He'll get there, and Ghana reaches. Touchdown. This is a 40-yard try from that left hash. And the kick is absolutely perfect right down the middle. Romney tripped. He is going to throw. Heaves it to the end zone. And it's caught. Touchdown. Isaac Rex to put the game away. The clock is at zero, and it's time to break down today's game. This is your Cougar postgame show, presented by JCW's and Tri-Day Trading on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. This is the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. BYU beats Arizona State. The number 23 Cougars prevailed 27-17 over number 19 ASU. And Hans Olsen, what a game. That's a game, man. That's a game. Uh, there were a couple of numbers that we needed to pay really close attention to. Okay? What was one of the numbers I gave you, Jake? 200 rushing yards. Okay, so BYU ends up with 144 yards. What was the other, the first number I gave you? First number was? Jaden Daniels rushing yards. Correct, yeah. There it is. Where'd he end up? 10 carries, 8 yards. So they held him. They held him. 10 carries, 8 yards. They'll take that all night long. Oh, for sure, man. BYU. He had 125 last week, if I recall, against UNLV. Yeah, it was right in there, 125, 135. It was a big number, but that was the name of the game, making Jaden Daniels throw the ball. Now, he did okay throwing the ball. Sure, yeah. 21 and 29, 280, 260 or 285. Yeah, 265. But the, but the, but the numbers. No touchdowns, this, two interceptions. That's the thing yep. right here. You know, the 265 yards, 21 to 29. But there's two. There's the number two under the INT, mm-hmm. and then there's a zero under the T and the D. Correct. And that's not good. <laughs> no, that's not good as a quarterback. You're, you're obviously going to be under the gun from your coaching staff when they look at the film tomorrow saying, uh, nice completion percentage, Jaden, but we need touchdowns, not interceptions. <laughs> uh, this is, that's a huge number. Uh, keeping Jaden Daniels to 10 carries for eight yards, that is exactly what BYU needed to do. Um, Jake, there is a very worrisome situation going on right now at BYU. Their quarterback and their leader, Jaron Hall, taking a shot, a needless shot. I've got to try to keep my emotions in check on this because I get so enraged watching quarterbacks 
take hits that they don't have to take. Correct. And he took a couple of them. He took one shot to the bean right in the head, and it could have been called a targeting call, and then not mm-hmm. too long later takes a shot, looked like in the shoulder or the forearm, and he suffers some damage and goes out of this game. Yep. I- I'm overly irritated with the fact that he's taking unnecessary shots. I get it. He's a, he's a great athlete, and you can't take that away from him. But he's also fragile. BYU knows this. I know this. The coaching staff knows Every, everybody this. Everybody knows it. Let's be clear. Then why is he putting himself in harm's way for unnecessary shots? Jaron Hall goes down in this game. It's and as, as big as this win is, 27-17, if you don't have Jaron Hall to finish out the season, that's a big loss. Correct. Baylor Correct. Romney is is. Good. He's serviceable. He's serviceable, but he is not what Jaron Hall has become to this team. So th- there's a couple of really big, nerve-wracking moments in this game, and we'll hopefully get some news on Jaron Hall here in the postgame. Yeah. And, and I know uh, people stay tuned. BYU will have their postgame press conference. Kalani Sataki and some of these players will be at the podium and you'll get to hear from Kalani, and I'm sure that'll be one of the first things asked. Oh, it's going to be – if it's not the first thing asked, it'll be the second thing. There's no doubt about that because that is absolutely something we need to keep track of. Hans, in addition to the quarterback, uh, obviously with Hall going down injured, four BYU defensive players were taken off the field by trainers in this game. There are some injury concerns, and we'll have to see if we can get some updates on that tonight. We'll do our best to effort anything and everything we can get for you guys on that. But, Hans, BYU is now 3-0 and for the second straight season. And I think the conversation, we're going to discuss this as we go along here on the Cougar Postgame Show. And we'd love for you guys to call in, by the way. If you guys want to share your thoughts, we know you're out there probably stuck in traffic. Feel free to call in, 855-340-9663. That's 855-340-ZONE. Love to get your thoughts on air. Uh, Give us a call. Love to have you guys share your thoughts on this. But, Hans, do you know the last time BYU started a season 3-0 for the second straight year? How long it's been? No. 1952. What? 1951 and 1952, BYU started the season 3-0 and in back-to-back seasons. Since then, they have never started two consecutive Good seasons grief, 3-0. Man. That goes back a while. It does go back a while, but an absolutely huge win for BYU. Cougars looking like they're going to vault up in the national rankings once again. Second straight win in as many weeks over a top 25-ranked opponent. Both of them at home. This win, Hands, I think it says a lot about this team because for the second straight week, think about it. They had a one-possession game. They had their back against the wall. They had uh, it was six minutes to go. I think you and I were watching this game. They had six minutes to go, and BYU needed to put together a drive to ice this game. And what did they do? Five minutes off the clock, and Baylor Romney ices it with a fantastic touchdown pass to Isaac Rex. Yeah, really nice. Um, coming in really cold, and and I I was wondering what they do. I, I was wondering if they go for the three points, if they take the run, uh, kind of how they would handle that. And they dialed up a really nice play-action look, and there was a bumble and a stumble, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, man, oh, this yeah. is starting out really bad. You're, you're not the only one. I saw on Twitter, oh, my, oh, my. Yeah. People were freaking out. Well, you know, you bumble and stumble on that play-action, and then you just have a beautiful touch pass over the top. And Isaac Rex with those big arms and big hands plucks goes it. up and just goes gets yeah, it. Yeah, just plucks it right out of the air. So a huge touchdown for Isaac Rex and and a great job by Baylor to come in cold and and, mm-hmm. and be able to catch his body and oh yeah. Not have a, a terrible moment. Like in my mind I saw what he's stumbling like 
maybe extending the ball and then getting he the punch loses out. It. Yeah, all kinds of stuff could all, happen. All kinds of things. Instead, they score that touchdown and they ice that game. Arizona State had wasted their timeouts. What a disgusting display of offense by Arizona State. Multiple offside penalties, shooting themselves in their foot. But we have to point this out, and I sent out a tweet. This might be the most impact I've seen a fan base have on a game. I can't remember watching a fan base pull multiple players off, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, pull them off sides by their their loud noise. The quarterback couldn't get the calls over to his offensive line. Offensive line obviously looking all kinds of, of, of jumbled. And the BYU fan base was just rocking this game. And that has a huge effect in a game like this. I tweeted out uh, after that. So I think it was the, the last false start that Arizona State had. I said, this is not the Lavelle Edwards Stadium of old. This is not the quote-unquote blue hair's hands. This is a new era for BYU fans. They were roaring. And I mean that in the most sincere way because they absolutely got after it in this game. And as you saw, Arizona State could not function. And that's a credit to BYU fans because this is an Arizona State team that came into Lavelle Edwards Stadium having not played in front of a crowd that big since 2019, and it showed. 18 penalties for Arizona State in this game, 15 of them overall accepted by BYU, and the vast majority of them hands self-inflicted. False starts, offsides. The crowd needs to – they were truly the 12th man in this case for BYU in this game. They were incredible, and it really needs to stay that way. And I I know that you've got some big games coming up in that stadium. You know, you've got Southern Florida that's going to be in there next weekend. But you've got Boise State that's going to be in there in the beginning of October. You have Utah State, who's 3-0, coming up in two weeks. But you're on the road. At the road. Yeah, home games. Yeah, you have Boise State coming up. You got Virginia. That that Virginia game, you, you wait. You think that... This Utah and Arizona State crowd was loud. Let this crowd at Bronco. Bronco Mendenhall? Well, if you, if you want to have a shot of that, because Bronco's already irritated. He's yeah. coming in all irritated. Yep, he did, he, he's already said, I do not want to play BYU, but he's coming across country late in the season to take on the Cougars. They'll finish things out. I think Idaho State's the final home game, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, it is. So, really, just those are the three big ones. You've got Southern Florida coming up next weekend. You've got Boise State and Virginia, BYU fans, buy the tickets, mm-hmm. get into that stadium, create that chaos and that noise and that confusion for those opposing teams because it was palpable. It, you could actually see its effect on that Arizona State offense. It just blew them up. It shook them, and it was a fantastic, just a fantastic uh, turnout and not just a turnout by BYU fans, Correct. but uh, just a fantastic effort. You could see it, man. You could see the excitement. And that does play a part. I have been in stadiums. I can't hear calls on the football field. And when you can't hear calls, then you're trying to get the call instead of focusing on what your assignment is. Yep. And then the next thing you know, you've got a D-tackle that's crossing your face, and you're not picking up the block that you're supposed to be picking up. So huge, huge response from the BYU fans, and, and it did play large. How many Arizona State? So 18 penalties overall, 15 of them accepted by BYU. So 18 were called. BYU declined three of them. 
111 uh, total yards, I think, in penalties for Arizona State. And if they want to point at one thing, in, well, two things in particular that lost them this game, four turnovers and the penalties. Undisciplined play. If you're Arizona State, you're looking at those two yeah. things. Yes, and, and I know that I heard the announcer saying Arizona State really lost this game. They shot themselves in the foot, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go back and look at this. You know, I just like to look at a football team and the energy that they bring and, and the energy that the crowd brings. They're forcing you into penalties and stupid mistakes. You know, you also got an idiot decision by a defender that with both his hands grabs Tyler Algier's face mask and rips his helmet off. Yep, that was ugly. In just a horrible display of sportsmanship. But I want to just point this out. The play of the game without denial is Tyler Algier chasing down the Arizona State defender after the pick. Mm-hmm. It was looking to be a pick six. Algier chases him down, comes from out of nowhere. Correct. Uses his speed. And not only is he thinking, well, I'm going to tackle him, and not only is he thinking, I'm going to strip this ball, he comes from a wide right angle where he knows he's going to punch it, punch it away from the sideline. Punch it back into the field of play. And punch it right back into the field of play. And it was just perfectly executed. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's so athletic and so fast, he's able to get up on that defender, wrap his left arm over the left, uh, the left shoulder pad, Jump over the top, punch across the ball, and knock it back into the field of play where BYU then covers it and has it first and 10 on their own something 20. It was a 69-yard loss for BYU in, on that play, but it saved the game in many ways because Merlin Robertson was thinking, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to score a touchdown here. We're going to take the lead. BYU was only up four at that point. That would have given Arizona State the lead. And Tyler Algier, as you mentioned, chases him down from behind. Merlin Robinson didn't even know what hit him as he went up and punched that ball out. And Jaron Hall, to his credit as the quarterback, chased the play down and recovered that fumble. That was a huge play. It was the play of the game. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Well, well, you know, at that point, and I had it in my notes, at that point, um, if, if Arizona State takes that down and gets the touchdown, um, I want to say it's... I want. I wrote it down. It it stopped. It was a full, uh, a full swing, because then BYU takes it down. Did they score after they got that ball back? No, BYU ended up punting, but it was a 15 play, 95 yard drive. That's right. All things told, before BYU ultimately punted on that possession, but burnt the clock. But yeah. burnt the clock, yeah. and it actually worked out in their favor in that way. It's just incredible that he was able to chase him down. That that energy and. And just knowing what he had to go do. Did Algier come back in he after did. we saw him? He finished the walk game out. the field. Yeah, he Good. so that was a very dirty play because he's on the ground. That defender yeah. grabs the helmet and rips it off his face, goes clear across his face as yeah. he comes up. He goes off. You could tell he's pretty dazed and confused after that play. He did come back in. He was the running back on that final drive before that touchdown pass. He ran it twice up the middle, looked no worse for the wear. So that's a good sign for him that he came back into that contest. Well, BYU, huge win and starting the season 3-0 and and doing it against all Pac-12 teams. It's not like they had an FCS opponent. Now, I, I get it. Arizona's not good. They I lost under- to Northern Arizona tonight, by the way, I, I understand that. And Utah is looking to not be as good as we possibly thought. But mm-hmm. Arizona State, they've got a lot of talent. You could see it, Jake. 
they were much more talented across the defensive line than even the University of Utah was. Correct. More active, too. Much more active, um, constantly searching and ripping and pushing and being aggressive. I thought that Arizona State's defensive line put up a heck of a fight. And it just – Arizona State was forced into mistakes by that BYU fan base – uh, BYU did a fantastic job of creating some turnovers and taking advantage of it. And then in, the, in that one terrible decision where Jaron mm-hmm. Hall is under pressure and throws a pick, Tyler Algier cleans things up for him. It, it, was, it was a moment of brilliance, and it was an incredible win for BYU. <laughs> no doubt about it. And that's the fun part is we're going to be recapping this. So, <laughs> excuse me, if you're a BYU fan that's out there, We'd love to hear from you guys. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. We want your guys' thoughts on this one. We know you're out there. Celebrate the win. Let us know your takeaways from this one. We'll be with you guys as long as you guys want to keep calling in. We will have post-game reaction whenever BYU starts up their Zoom press conference. We'll be sure to be on top of that. Let you hear from Kalani Sitake as well as the players after this one. What a win overall, though, for the Cougars. Hands, I think the uh, question now, and we'll discuss this as we continue on with the postgame show, is now BYU at 3-0 and as they're perfect through the start of the season. Yeah. And now the question is, how good can this team be this year, I think? Well, the, you know, we saw some guys go down. Keenan Peely, I'm worried about him. Want to see Keenan Peely back. They were checking his knee pretty thoroughly there. Yeah, and he never came back that, no. that I saw. I don't think you saw him either. So Keenan Peely needs to be healthy. He is a great leader. But they do have depth. You saw uh, Pepe Tenavasa came in and had a clutch sack, a beautiful sack that it really ended that Arizona State drive. And they've got depth with Thule now back and healthy mm-hmm. and and participating. But Keenan Peely is one guy that you really need to have out on the field. So you want to see him back in action. I don't know what happened with Mahe. But Mahe's another guy that you can't be missing. He was one of their best guys against Utah. Yeah, he's the one guy you cannot miss. So uh, we'll be paying close attention to see what his injury looks like. But the most important is Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall leaving that field of play, taking an unnecessary shot, was unacceptable. He's got to get down. Mm -hmm. BYU coaches have to protect him more or teach him to protect himself more. There is no way you allow him to take that shot. You've got the lead. You're trying to retain the lead. I get it. He's, he's a gamer, but you cannot let him take that shot. So there's a couple of things, Jake, for you. Uh, an- another thing that you've got to look at. So you've got a little bit of linebacker depth. That's you do. okay. You do. Um, you've got a little bit of, of running back depth. You know, like Lapina Katoa could carry things. The one area that they really have to stay clean in is that offensive line. That offensive line has done a ton of work for this team, and there are a couple of key pieces on that offensive line, a couple of very important key pieces. But I'm telling you right now, that offensive line cannot suffer any injuries. No, that offensive line is, is not one. very thin. Not one. So... All of those guys need to stay upright, stay physical, stay healthy. I, I am hoping that we see a lot of these BYU players get back on their feet on the defensive side of the ball. And I do believe that you're going to see Keenan Ellis back in the lineup 
at some point. I don't know if it's going to be against South Florida, but I do believe we're going to see Keenan Ellis back on the field for BYU this year. He's got a clear concussion protocol, obviously, because that's the the biggest thing for him. There was no, I guess what you'd say, structural damage after that awful hit against Arizona. Uh, Clarence Tage said, once he clears protocol, we'll work him back in. So we'll keep you updated on that. All right, let's get to our, our first callers here, hands, as we await uh, post-game audio. Let's throw it out to Parley. Parley, how are you this evening? Good, guys. How you doing? Good to doing talk to you. Right. Thanks, for always, thanks for always doing the show. Love you, hands. Let's see you all the time. Uh, hands, I took my, all my thoughts. That play, the play of the game was him chasing down the guy and, and knocking it out. That was That saved the game. It's crazy. He makes one a superstar run, and then he tries to make something out of nothing and throws up an interception, and then he saves the game by punching it out. And then BYU goes down and burns more time off the clock. Like, that whole sequence was just – it. not only did that give BYU the ball still, but that took away, like, six or seven minutes off the clock. It was huge. And then do you guys have any uh, knowledge of what happened at all on that run? So I just got a text from somebody I reached out to, and they said the early word back is they, they fear it's a rib injury, which is better than a concussion. I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah. It's on Jaron? Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, that's one of the people I trust down there that feeds me information. They're saying the early word is rib injury, but obviously we're going to be monitoring that very closely. Well, you can play with a rib injury. Yes, you can. It's just extremely painful. Yep. Uh, but you, you, there are a lot of players that play with – there, there's and there's a few different styles of rib injury. You can displace cartilage. Mm-hmm. It's called a dislocated rib. Those are horrible. I've had I've had about every rib injury you could deal with. It, it hurts to breathe. It hurts to sneeze. It hurts to get hit. It hurts to throw. And it's tough. Any type of rib injury, you can't. It's not like you can really wrap it. They've got some of that KT tape stuff that they do where they try to support it with the stretch on the KT tape. Sure. And but. You can't wrap it. You can't cast it. You can't inject it. You, I mean, you can take um, you can take medication that slows down the pain, but a lot of that medication slows down the body. So it's it's just right there in that gray area where it's really tough to treat. And so what you end up doing, Jake, is you just end up playing in pain. Uh, so I was actually going to bring this up. So in, in the Arizona game, many people will call you right. And Parley, by the way, thank you for the call. I wanted to be clear. Yeah, we love you too, Parley. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, in that Arizona game early on, Uriah Leatow went down injured. And he actually was holding his arm like this, if you recall. It was very yeah. early on in the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was an arm or a wrist injury. Dislocated rib. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, and I, I don't think it's now in the past, but he, yeah. he, he has said that it was a rib injury. He got to pop back in, and it's painful, but yeah. you can play with it. Yeah. The, the, uh, when you have a dislocated rib um, you just go to a chiropractor. Chiropractor puts ribs they back pop, in. They got to pop it back into place. Yeah. And he, so he said on the sideline, they popped it back in. He went right back into that game. Yeah, and it's really not the dislocated rib is is a simple thing. It, it it's it still hurts. The cartilage is what's the worst part. Cart, cartilage is bad, but if it's a cracked rib, if mm-hmm. or multiple cracked ribs, you know, then it just comes down to a guy's tolerance. Yes. How 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 much can you pay, play through it? What can you endure? You got to be a little bit careful because if they're truly cracked, if they're cracked all the way through, you can wear extra rib protectors. But if you take another shot in that rib and it's already mm-hmm. cracked, you could get a punctured lung. Yep, and that there's all kinds of concerns at that point. Yeah, so you got to be careful with cracked ribs. But we're we're just kind of going over 
some of the thoughts of Jaron Hall, the shot that he took. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of worry that there's some rib damage there. Uh, Jake in a in a conversation with somebody, uh, and they're they're saying they that's, believe it's that's a rib. the preliminary word back is his rib injury. Okay, so we'll we'll kind of follow up with that. But yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that is such an unnecessary shot. I, I'm with you. It, it, to put him at risk like that is unnecessary just, completely. Oh man, it drives me nuts. Had a good game too. Yes. Uh, Fifteen to twenty-seven for two hundred and twenty yards. He ended up at two touchdowns. And he did have two interceptions, including that one that really would have swung the tides for Arizona State. Absolutely. Had Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier saved BYU's hey, bacon. Did Jaron Hall get back there and he recover that, that fumble? fumble. He, got, he chased that play down and recovered that fumble. Well, that, that was huge for him to be right there to cover that. It was credit to him for chasing that play down because he easily could have sulked. He could have just you know turned around and kind of walked off the field. He stuck with it and chased that ball down and recovered that fumble. Absolutely critical play there. All right, let's get back to another phone call. Looks like BYU's gearing up for the post game, so it's real quick. Let's throw it out to Lisa. Lisa, how's it going? Hey, Lisa. Really good. All right, Lisa, I know I, you're a long-time caller. What you got for us? Oh, I'll... I'm good. I'll wait. I'd rather hear these guys. All right. Okay, Lisa. All right. We will, we'll get back to staying on the line here. Kalani Sitake is speaking to the media now. Let's throw it out to him. Here's Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach, after the victory. Um, <clears throat> such a, a uh, heart attack there. Um, I think it uh, made, made a lot of people nervous, and uh, we just got to find ways to not make some, so many mistakes. But I think you have to give a lot of credit to, to Arizona State. Um, you guys saw that they have tons of speed, athleticism on the, on the defense, special teams and offense. So, um, posed a huge problem for us. Uh, we're just fortunate that we were able to make a few more plays and get a, a couple more turnovers to help us out. But um, we, we know that we made some mistakes that we can play better. So we're really looking forward to getting better from this week. Um, but I, uh, I again, we, we, we're going to get some really good teams. And um, uh, I'm just really proud of the way our guys played and, and really proud of the, the outcome for this one about uh, Tyler Algiers play after the interception because that's going to be one we see for a, a long time I think yep and and that's I, I think that's that's exactly we I don't mind him being uh, a good example of what our, our team is all about you just don't quit especially when it looks uh, bad and looks down and you know it takes someone to just trying and um Really proud. Of, I, I I think he would just him making the tackles is a huge huge key play for us. But him going in there and, and poking the ball out, it, it, um, gave him the game ball because that's that's what it it's all about. I mean that's those type of plays they, they help you win games and we have a bunch of guys that do things like that. I mean the, the opening kickoff with I think it was Talmadge Gunther, um, you know went in there aggressive, made that play. And um, so I, I, I really – I had to watch the film, but I really believe we went against some really good defenders in this game and, and um, just really fortunate that we were able to make more plays and, and get get the win. That's, I'm, I'm really proud of our coaches. I'm really proud of our players. And, man, the fans are amazing. They're so loud tonight. And um, <clears throat> everybody was here. I, I, I was telling the people here that I looked up in the stands and it just seemed like everybody was yelling and making noise. And 
I'm really, really thankful that they did that. It, it huge advantage for us. Matt and then Norma. Kalani, what can you tell us about Jaron Hall's injury? You know, I, I don't know enough about it right now. Um, we'll have to take a look at it. I, I, I don't know exactly the details of it. So um, we'll, we'll see. We're hoping it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I'm happy that he walked off, off the field. So. Yeah, Kalani, you touched on what Algier um, meant, that his whole play meant for the team. But what does it mean to be able to have a quarterback that was going down what looked was going to be a sack, throws an interception, gets up, chases the defender as well, and puts himself in position to recover that fumble? Yeah, I mean, that's just really thankful. Our, the type of guys that get the coach, you know, and, and uh, they, they love representing their families and what BYU is all about. So they're going to give it their all. And then, um, you know, sometimes it, it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, we, we told we, – we always mention that that with high energy and, and high effort, we can overcome a lot of mistakes. And we've kind of lived that way the last three weeks. But – uh, you know, we, we, we need to just minimize as many mistakes as we can and fundamentally play better football. football. And, and I, I keep saying that <clears throat> we've got to keep playing better football, but uh, we're going against really good athletes right now. This, we played three uh, Pac-12 teams in a row. I don't know how many teams have done that, have played P5s, three P5s in a row, but we have. And, and we've been in the position where we played these type of games and had had to dip into our, our depth and, and – um, we had to do that this week as well, and I'm sure we'll have to do it next week. <clears throat> but I'm just glad that, that the coaches and our strength staff and the rest of our, our 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 staff really helped develop these young men, and our young men work hard. So um, just thankful for that. Can you talk on the physicality that you guys faced this game and just how you guys were kind of tested on your depth? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys saw – Keenan went down and, 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 um, you know, we needed our backers to step up and um, they're playing some physical football. They run the ball um, and it looked like uh, we had to just rally back and find a way to, <clears throat> to get out of drives and things like that. But I was really proud of the way our other linebackers filled in for Keenan, uh, for Keenan Peely missing. And um, I'm trying to think of it. And, you know, obviously when Jaron went out, having Baylor step in. So um, we trust Baylor and, I think a lot of people just thought we were just going to run the ball, and, and that's why I love what A-Rod chose to do, which is give it a shot and let Baylor help us win the game. Dana and then Mitch. Yeah, Kalani, I was just going to ask about uh, Baylor. What, what did you tell him? He's going in there, biggest moment of the game, and uh, and he comes through. It's just, just something that you expected he'd be able to pull through. You guys have seen him play enough now. You know that the composure he has. And, and just how calm he is. He has a great demeanor about him, a lot of confidence in himself and his abilities. And um, I know A-Rod trusts him just like I do. The team, the team trusts him. So when he went in there, we, we don't feel like we have regular backups, especially in that position. We, we feel like we have those three guys that can come in and help us win games. I think I've said that to you guys before, that we think they can help us win games. But, um, you know, we needed him tonight. And... <clears throat> And uh, we, f we feel like we have a lot of great depth on this team. And you just never want to be tested as much as, 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 much as possible. We, would, we like to keep everyone healthy. But when you play this, this high caliber of football, these type of 
tough teams in a row and, and so violent sport. Sometimes the injuries happen and I'm glad that we were able to have guys step in and, and fill. And then you mentioned the crowd. I mean, they really made a difference forcing all of those false starts on that one drive. Uh, have you ever heard this place that loud? I mean, last week was pretty loud too. So it's just, it's, it's just nice. Just, just stay loud and, and uh, make everything difficult for, for the opposing teams. I, I, Really happy uh, with with all our our fans and and glad that uh, they can feel comfortable about our team being ranked and and the type of teams that we were able to 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 beat, you know. But we've got to move on and got to learn from this. And I, I still believe we can play better football. I, I really do. And I, I give credit to the teams that we played, especially ASU tonight, for making things hard for us and difficult for us. But we've got to find a way to learn and get better and make sure we play our best uh, next week against South Florida. Kalani, with ASU making things hard and difficult, uh, your coaching staff made quite a bit of in-game adjustments. Just how did you feel about your staff and their ability to adjust uh, in-game? In yeah, I, I was really proud of the way that they they uh, adjusted. And that was in every, a lot of different ways in special teams, uh, defense and offense. And and listening to the halftime adjustments uh, A-Rod and, and Elisa made, uh, I thought were really good. And they lean on their their, their – um, you know, their, their assistants to help them out. And so got a lot of great um, um, experience in there and, and just really happy. And then they, I love how they collaborate with the players and get some feedback and, and decided on, on making some adjustments along the way. I, I think you remember the first touchdown was set up by a big play that we gave up and we're being aggressive and, and trying to blitz and it just didn't work out, you know? So uh, that doesn't mean that we stop being aggressive. It means that we play clean football and that we find other ways to, Keeping keep approaching it was like I I like the way he kept blitzing and kept changing things up and on offense it was tough sledding man they, they were really stout on on defense and stopped the run but um, you know we just kept plugging away at it and, and the run started to open up a little bit more. Thought Keenan Peely was was on crutches at the end of the game and then uh, Nick Oldroy didn't play. What can you say about their status uh, right now? Yeah, um, Oldroy is the same similar. I mean it's not. His isn't for the season. Um, Jake, uh, you know, he he had some some tightness and things like that, and we we needed to move on and get um, Justin ready to kick for us tonight. Um, with uh, Keenan, we still have to evaluate it. It it it, it looks like a, a, a leg injury. We have to just kind of get an MRI and, and make sure we get that finalized. But he wasn't able to come back, and so that kind of tells you a little bit more about his injury. He did walk off, but. We want to take a look at it and make sure that we have all that. And if if, if it's a season-ending injury, I'll tell you guys on Monday. Jarrett, last question. Kalani, Jarrett, you talked about being aggressive, and Jaron was aggressive right there at the end of the half, going for a one-on-one -on -one there in the corner, turned into an interception. Do you like the aggression, even though it didn't pay off in that circumstance? Or I know taking care of the ball is a big deal, so how do you kind of evaluate that moment? I just like being open to all of it. You know, <clears throat> when the play call came, I thought, I thought it was a good play. The corner just made a great play on it. Um, Gunner had the ball in his hands. Corner came down with it. And uh, sometimes that happens. And obviously, there's an easier way to just play more conservative, maybe kick the field goal. <clears throat> but I, I, I just felt I have to trust the coaches and I have to trust what we do in practice. And, um, yeah, it, it didn't work out. But – there was a time when it was fourth down and we were deciding if we were going to go for it. It's kind of fourth and long, very similar to last week, you know, and and um, we decided as a staff probably to punt it. And 
I think we pinned him on the five yard line. And I mean, I, every part of me just wanted to go for it. And especially because we had the success from last week and, and, um, and it was good to, for us to talk about it as a coaching staff and for me, A-Rod, Ed, and the rest of the offensive staff to talk about it and, and just, you know, trust our defense to get it done. And so we were able to get a great kick by Rico, who's been kicking great all, all night. And uh, he pinned them deep for us. And then we right in front of the rock, you know, and you were able to make a lot of noise for us. And then we were able to, you know, make plays. So I'm um, just really thankful that it all worked out. But I'm, I'm always open to to hear and talk about different things. I really believe that. Uh, there's plenty of time in between plays to have some really good conversation and, and make a good final decision. Then you just live with it. You know, it's, uh, of course, I would have loved to had more points and after after the first half, but um, I just I just like our players and our coaches to feel comfortable giving advice and giving thoughts on what they want to do. Awesome. Thanks, coach. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Thanks, Kalani. There you go, Kalani Satake. Hands. Uh, interesting to hear him say that they're still evaluating Jaron Hall, Keenan Peely, number of injuries in there. Jake Oldroyd uh, is well documented. He's dealt with back issues going back to his high school days. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you can count on at this point with him because he's missed two of the three games so far this year. But Justin Smith, is, to his credit, has actually been more than capable of BYU's kicker in replacement. Uh, the, uh, having Kalani say it's worrisome that Keenan did not. Did, did not come back, and yeah. he he, he kind of led to the fact that it might be bad. Yeah, so that's not good. All right, let's throw it back down to Isaac Rex. He is sitting down with the media right now on Zoom. Um, well, it was kind of like a supposed to be kind of like a bootleg to the right, and I'm like kind of the second option. The first option is maybe Baylor runs it in, and so uh, it was kind of funny. Before I think Baylor said this to BYU TV, they said whatever you do, just he better be wide open for you to throw it. <laughs> so it was kind of funny how Baylor just chucked it up there and and he threw a perfect pass. Like it was right over the defender's head. Um, it was like a really catchable ball. So it was awesome to see Baylor trust me and, and uh, throw me a really good ball. And a shout out to Jaron because Jaron led us the whole way there. And Jaron played his heart out tonight. And um, it was sad to see him uh, kind of limp off the field, but he'll be back and, he played like an absolute monster today, and um, he's so tough and um, such a great uh, football player. How nice is it as a player to have Baylor be able to come in in that circumstance, and you guys know what he's capable of? Yeah, that's what uh, I feel like I've been saying since fall camp. We're so deep on the offensive level. We're deep on every, in every position, the wide receivers, the uh, tight ends, running backs, O-line, quarterbacks even. Um, this offense is really deep, and I felt like we could even play better tonight. You know, there were some times where uh, we kind of got stopped or lost our momentum, but uh, we have a lot of fighters on the team. Dick and then Sean. Yeah, um, Isaac, I was just wondering, there's so many big plays in this game the turn momentum around. If you were to choose a one, if you're watching the game, as a player or being on the sidelines or being in the game, which one maybe stands out as, as you think about this win? Oh, easily uh, Tyler chasing down the, the linebacker and forcing the fumble to get possession back. I uh, I mean, Tyler just went back to his linebacker mode and he literally saved the game for us because what they would have went up if um, they would have went up if uh, they 
they scored that touchdown. So Tyler's hustle was by far the most important play, I feel like, in this game. Thank you. Isaac, I, I was going to ask you the same thing about that play. What, what, what does that play, a play like that, do for you guys? I mean, just watching Tyler go full professional wrestler, uh, as it were, to knock the ball out like that. I mean, how does that juice you guys up to, to then finish out the game, I guess? Oh, I, I mean, for someone to hustle that hard, to run all the way back when you're dead tired, run probably 60 yards and make a play for the whole team, uh, I mean, and have the awareness to try to get the ball out because um, obviously he's a, he's a linebacker. He hasn't held the ball that much, and so probably doesn't have the best ball security. Tyler literally made that play and um, – or made, honestly, the game um, – Saving play. Hey, Norma, last question for Isaac. Yeah, Isaac, um, saw you out there on the field just sort of egging on the fans, the crowd. How important were they to this game? And have you maybe learned a little bit more than the cabbage patch to kind of dance it out <laughs> after big plays? The Rock was probably the key. They were literally the 12th man. You know how the Seahawks have the 12th man. They, they, the, ASU offense couldn't even hear the quarterback. When they were over by the rock, I think they jumped off sides like five times. It was, they were literally the difference maker in this game. And they're such, uh, they're so energetic. They have such good, um, you know, awareness of what's going on in the game. And I just love the rock so much and all the BYU fans. Awesome. Thanks, Isaac. Thank you. All right, questions for Max. Let's start with Ben and then we'll go to Jared. Max, uh, take us through that uh, interception, uh, big momentum shift. What was, uh, uh, what was your assignment and how did you get in the right place and execute on that uh, INT? You know, that's just uh, 11 men on the defense. Uh, uh, executing, you know, Peyton obviously with the big hit. Um, I thought he was going out to the fly and I was ready to break on that, but I saw Peyton uh, lay the wood on that um, screen and you, know, you gotta, you gotta get those. That's what they say. Um, that's what our coaches say. Anything in the air, you gotta capitalize on that. And I'm just happy I was in the right place to make a play on the ball. So. Max, how do you assess Tyler's linebacker skills on that play? We've been talking about it, of course, but as a linebacker, uh, how, how do you grade him on that play? Oh, man, that was 200 IQ, absolutely. I mean, watching that, um, you know, seeing the, the interception and game time, it was, it was a, you know, a dagger in the heart um, to watch Tyler, his instincts, his uh, awareness, um, obviously honing his uh, – his linebacker days, I still think he could be a first-round linebacker if he's fully linebacker, honestly. But, um, I mean, that was a huge game-changer, huge momentum shifter. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's one of the biggest plays for us winning the game. I saw you also nodding as we were talking about the crowd. I mean, they had the ball with the chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and that's always big on the defense. And you guys did get a lot of help with a lot of flags thanks to the crowd. What's that like as a player? You know, the difference between playing a second and third down and 10 and second and third down and 20, 25 towards the end, you know, those are some of the, you know, 
the most important plays. It makes coverage so much easier. You keep everything in front of you. You got so much build to work with. Um, you know, like Isaac was saying, with all credit to the Rock, they were monstrous tonight. They brought the energy, and you know, obviously, it paid off with all the penalties that the offensive line and their offense had. So. We'll take last questions from Sean and then Mitch. Max, I probably don't need to tell you this, but this game started really, really fast. I think you guys scored in like 40 seconds and then ASU goes right down and scores right away too. Uh, and then it slowed down a lot and became a slugfest. Just how did things change so much from such an offensive game, I guess, early on, you know, lots of big plays and, and whatnot to where you guys really just controlled the tempo, tempo like you did uh, both offensively and defensively, I guess. How'd you guys slow it down? I mean, obviously, we you want to start fast every play and or every game. Um, and you know, Tom and Smith that huge play on kickoff that that really set the tone. But you know, you you play based off of what happens next. You know, and uh, our offense maybe had some three and outs, um, but our defense was we're up for the challenge. We're always having our offense back. Um, they can't get it done, or we can't get it done. We we always rely on each other to um, play it, and we knew that. You know, playing a ranked ASU team, it was going to be a dogfight the whole way. So I think we just trusted our process, trusted the scheme, um, you know, played hard on defense. I know their offense played played their bus off as well. So it was just trusting the process, trust, trusting uh, our technique and, you know, making plays. That's all that matters. It's third straight week uh, opposing team had scored 10 unanswered points. Was that a situation where you guys thought, okay, you, you got them right where you want them, I guess? Sorry, can you say that again? Sorry, I missed the first part. Yeah, third straight week, the opposing team scores 10 unanswered. Was it a case where you guys rallied together and thought, hey, we got them where we want them? You know, yeah, obviously, we've, we've been dealing with that all, all, all season. Um, and I think our defense is always ready to step up to the occasion. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we got their backs, they got our backs. And uh, I think no matter what, what the situation is, no matter how many unanswered points there's going to be, we're always going to play tough and we're going to, do what we know how to do. So. Awesome. Thanks, Max. Thank you. There you go, Max Tooley, and before him, Isaac Rex reacting to the victory. Hands, any quick takeaways before we hit a short break here? Well, it was nice to hear that breakdown of, of how that final touchdown went and that Baylor Romney was able to kind of catch his bearings and his balance and, and get that ball up in the air. Okay, hold that thought, actually. We have Jaron Hall sitting down, so oh, we're, nice. we're going to hold it. So we're going to throw it right back down to BYU. Jaron Hall speaking to the media. Here you go. Or take me through that sequence. or getting dragged down, trying to make a play, and then just crazy, crazy, crazy moments. What was that like? Uh, you're referencing the pick? That Tyler made the play of the year in college football. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Terrible, terrible ball security by me. You know, I should have just, you know, accepted I was going down. Don't try to throw it away. Um, bad things happen when you do that. And sure enough, it happened. Um, but then Tyler, of course, all out effort, showing how much he loves his team and loves his game, makes it one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And probably the greatest play I've ever seen. So, you know, I mean, kudos to him, man. He really saved that game, honestly. Who knows what would have happened if they had took that to the house. So, Tyler's a, the player in the game in my mind. Not only that, though, somebody had to recover that fumble, and you did not give up on the play, and so you were there to gather it back in and get the ball back. Yes, yes. So I was I was there. He obviously outran me a little quicker than me, so thank goodness it was Tyler. Um, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, trying to make a play and make up for a mistake, so it worked out okay. Dana and then Mitch. 
Darren, uh, I'm sure a lot of BYU fans want to know how you're feeling right now, what happened at the end there, and uh, and also how much confidence did you have in Baylor going in and just picking up right where you left off? Yeah, no, I feel good. It's got the wind knocked out of me. I know some big boys, so it is what it is. Uh, now, Baylor, I mean, that's what, what do you expect from the guy? I mean, we know that's what he does. So I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he just went in and did his thing. You know, he cold turkey all game and, and just goes out and makes plays. So super happy for Baylor, you know, came through in the clutch for us there in the end. So you are, as of now, you think you're okay to go next week? Yeah, yeah, yep. Be healthy tomorrow, get feeling good and get, get to practice on Monday. And, uh, you know, Arizona State, another challenging team that you guys faced. Uh, maybe how would you describe the, the challenges they, they posed for, for your guys' offense? It was kind of felt like it's an up and down game. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, thinking about the game, I feel like it was uh, just kind of back and forth, you know, to start the game out. We didn't run the ball super well. They had a, they did a good job with their front front seven. Um, then we opened up the pass game, started moving the ball, scoring points that way. Um, in the third quarter, I didn't do very good. I missed, missed some throws that, you know, we could have capitalized on. Um, and just felt like a dogfight all game long, you know. But uh, again, comes back to all 22 guys that play, plus you know those who come in. You know, everyone had good energy and, and just kept the flow of the game, played hard, and you know the other day we won the game. So. Okay, and then Ben. Yeah. Hey, Jaron. How do you describe this team three games in? What uh, What are some words you use to describe but what's looking like? to be a pretty special team? Warriors, man. We haven't won by the prettiest numbers, by the biggest, you know, difference in score, but we grinded out from the beginning to the end. You know, even when things feel down, we, I don't think we ever lose our energy. And so it's a group of guys who are bought in, who really love each other, who love, you know, Coach Kalani and everything he teaches us. We're bought into this culture and it's, it's contagious, you know? Um, I think it's just a different team than than what you see in the past, you know, at BYU. So we're just continuing to build off of last year's great season and, you know, hopefully just make that who we are. Jaron, a lot of people don't realize because you've been in the program for a while that you've only actually completed maybe four full games. Uh, this is your fifth game. You're still learning. Um, I know expectations are high, but kind of take us through your mindset of, uh, I know Kalani is all about love and learning. How are you uh, kind of progressing through your challenges, you know, your adversities uh, through five games in your career? I think just being able to slow the game down in big situations. Um, when you have a lot of momentum, when you're pushing the field, you know, being smart, taking care of the ball, you know, which I felt like I've done a really great job of up until, you know, the game here tonight. Um, but really just that, you know, just, just having some maturity about you. In those big moments, um, understanding when to go and take your shots, when to, to see plays through, and then when just to you know, take the loss and, and minimize, you know, the loss there. So I'm still learning. You know, like you said, it's five games, but, you know, at the same time, I've been here for four years now, and I feel like, you know, I'm pretty, pretty mature. Um, so I just got to be better, make, make better decisions. But, uh, you know, thankfully, there's 10 more guys on the field to play with you, and I'm just blessed to have the teammates I have to carry us tonight. How does it also feel to be able to kind of take a few shots and, and be able to pop right back up and, hey, I'm good. Let's go for the next yeah. rep. Feels good, man. Spent a lot of time the last year taking care of myself, you know, making my body a lot more pliable and, you know, better ability to take those shots and get back. So, um, you know, it still doesn't feel good. It's still football. There's still big boys, obviously, in your saw. So it is what it is. And you just try to, to move forward and avoid it the best you can.
but uh, crunch time calls for it sometimes. So it is what it is. On and then Jared. Sorry, I think my internet cut out for a second there, Jaron. Um, but uh, you you mentioned there there were mistakes. Kalani talked to us that there were mistakes. How, and yet you guys are still standing here three and zero after three wins over Pac-12 opponents. How good does it feel to be able to be three and zero, but also know that you know you still have a long way to go. You can still get so much better. Yeah, I always say it's it's better to learn from your wins and your losses. You know, historically in the past you turn the ball over twice like that. Um, usually you're not going to win those ball games. But uh, like I said, we have a resilient team, constant energy, constant trust in each other, offensively, defensively, special teams. It's, it's a very special group, you know, to be 3-0 and with the, uh, the competition we played. So I'm just, uh, I'm so happy to be here with these guys and you know, I'm ready to get to work again with them this week. How nice is it as a quarterback, Jared, to be aggressive in some of those moments? I know the end of the first half resulted in, you know, that cornerback made a really nice play on the yeah. ball. And then the last touchdown that Baylor threw, I mean, that's an aggressive call when you could have settled for a field goal and went for it. How nice is it to be a player, you know, with a coach that wants to do that? Yeah, it, it, it just breeds confidence into our program. You know, Kalani and, and, and A-Rod, they, they're all about it, you know. I think we've learned our lesson from years in the past. And, you know, it's who we are as an aggressive team who go make plays. And when stuff doesn't work, we got some of the best running backs, the best line in the country, you know, and they go make plays for us. So it's very balanced. But. You know, our approach is always to attack and then just feed off of that however the game's going. So it's just, it means a lot to, to see the trust that our coaches have in us and whoever's in the game. Brandon, last question. Jared, can you just assess the offense uh, currently and what you've seen through three games, uh, uh, what you like, things you could work on? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think we can still open up the pass game. You know, a lot more completions to be had on the field. You know, a lot was left out there, more yards, um, potentially more points. Um, you know, we're averaging in the mid to high 20s right now. And I think with the guys we have and, and the play calls we have from Coach Roderick, we can, we can you know, tear this thing open. I think it's, it's coming. Um, so we'll just continue to stay at it. Um, you know, again, I think our offensive line has absolutely killed it this year. And our running backs, you know, they've, they've helped us in a lot of, a lot of positions in our receivers have made plays and they've been given the chance. So I just got to be better, honestly, and, and you know, I'll continue to work work at that. But I'm super happy with my guys and the way they've played the last three games. You know, we're 3-0 against good opponents, so what more can you ask for? Um, so I love my guys, and, and we'll continue to get better and, and make more plays. Awesome. Thanks, Jaron. Thank you. Thanks, Jaron. All right, players coming fast and furious their hands. Jaron Hall, just barely. Uh, yeah, so huge news coming out of Jaron Hall right there. He said, you heard it from his own mouth, I feel good, I'll be okay tomorrow, I'll be ready to go on Monday. Got the wind knocked out of me, but he feels like things are going to be okay. And that, my friends, is huge news that you can count on your quarterback being back next week. Absolutely. Well, we'll hit a short break here. We'll come back on the other side, uh, catch up with other players that – Come out to speak to the media. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. If you want to call, we'd love to have you guys on the show as well. Feel free to call in, 855-340-ZONE. Lundy, be happy to get you guys lined up on the lines. We'll get to you guys coming up next. This is your Cougar Post Game Show right here on the Zone Sports Network. Pistol, Algiers going to pitch it back to Powell, back to Hall, Hall throwing deep, wide open, 
zone. Touchdown to Romney. Some brilliant play calling on this drive. 34 yards, BYU back ahead. This is your Cougar postgame show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jake Hatch and Hans Olsen along for this ride on a, I guess we'll call it early Sunday morning now, Hans. Recapping yep. BYU's 27-17 victory over Arizona State. Crazy, crazy game. BYU is 3-0, and and they've just wrapped up media availability. We'll get Tyler Algier here in just a minute, but I wanted to get out to, to the phones. We do have a couple of callers who have hung with us through all that media availability. Let's first go to our good friend, Papa P. Papa P, what is up? Dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's hard to believe I can even still talk. I want to give okay. major props to Cougar Nation and especially to The Rock. I have been involved with Cougar Sports as a fan for since 1974. I have never, and I mean N-E-V-E-R, never heard of Edwards Stadium that loud before. <laughs> the fact that the fans literally came through as a 12th man to help, that, that reception quote-unquote reception there near the end of the game that set ASU up there was around the 35-yard line, and then all of a sudden it's third and 24. That's all because of the fans and, of course, the pressure of the players on the defensive side of the ball. That was just amazing. Let's not forget, of course, ASU is favored by three points. For BYU to then win by 10 is fantastic. Yeah, major correct. hats, a tip of the hat to everybody. Algier is just stoned. I could not believe it was right in front of me. I'm watching them both run towards the end zone. Not only catches him from behind, but jumps his back and punches that ball up. And then for Jaron to then recover it, that was fantastic. And you know what? I don't. What happens when you have a quarterback who has one pass for a touchdown? Is this QBR like one billion? Way to go, Romney. And, like, that is fantastic for him to step in at such a pressure moment and be able to make that pass and that catch by Rex in the end zone. I'm just I'm just amazed. I'm just hey, go Cougars. What a fantastic day. Yes, buddy. Papa P, I want to step in, uh, and I just want to mention that through the years of Kalani Sataki being the head coach, I've made a lot of different statements about BYU needing to extend him and take care of him and – it's been met with some resistance at times, but I, the thing I've always loved about you, you've always had a vision of what Kalani is as a head coach and what he can be as a head coach. And it's yeah. kind of nice when, you know, I've been backing him for so many years and you've been backing him for so many years. It's nice to see that backing pay off as he's getting his missionaries back off the recruiting trail and he's getting full recruiting classes in and seeing the fruits of Kalani's labors he is what we thought he was going to be. Absolutely. And, in fact, the thing that you pick up from the players is how much they love his passion and his enthusiasm. The quote-unquote BYU fans that were embarrassed that he was dancing on the sideline, they should just stay home. It's the reason why I like to sneak in and sit with The Rock, because I don't have any blue hairs yelling at me, even though I'm 65 years old. <laughs> when I stand with the rock the whole time. So if you're embarrassed by Kalani, you should be embarrassed yourself. Just a 
stay home and watch it on TV. You'll feel better. You'll fall asleep in the second, early in the third quarter anyway, and I don't care if you're involved with BYU ever again anymore. All right? Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm out. Thank you, Papa P. Great stuff there, and he, very good point there. Well, you know, I've been doing this sports radio thing for 16 years. I know you've been in it for a long time, Hatch, and Papa P's been there every single he year. Yep. And, you know, he went through the Bronco years, and he's always been very interactive over the years. And he's, an, he's a fan that's paid very close attention to the way the fans are responding to coaches and to hear him say that's the loudest he's heard the, the stadium in his time. He's been there. I know. I think he was there watching me when I was playing back in '96 to 2000. I got a text from a friend of mine who has been going to games, hands, and I would venture they've been going back to to around. Papa piece said 1974. I'd venture to say they've been going there since the '80s consistently for games. And they said, "I went to the Miami game. I watched BYU take down number one Miami. This crowd tonight was as electric as that crowd was. Yeah. It was a big time crowd, and and appreciate Papa P, but." You know, Jake, there's been a, a lot of resistance. Not a lot, but there's definitely resistance. Every time I talk about Kalani Sataki's contract or BYU taking care of Kalani mm-hmm. or it's people saying, well, that's because you're a teammate and and he's got too much track record of bad losses. And, and it's the vision of what I've always felt like he could be, which is a very good head coach but makes good hires. Right now, his two coordinators – are clicking at an all-time high. Yes. Aaron Roderick and Ituyaki are clicking at an all-time high. And the assistant staff that they've put around those two coordinators are doing a fantastic job. There were some big moves made defensively, moving Preston Hadley off safeties, pushing Ed Lamb back from linebackers to safeties, bringing in Coach Clune and giving him the linebacking core, uh, pushing Hadley up to work in tandem with Ituyaki on a front. Like, there's been some really big moves defensively to try to max out production. And those moves are, you know, they're, they are green-lighted by Kalani Sataki. They're looking good right now. And looking very good right now. And, you know, we don't talk enough about – there's a couple coaches on the offensive side. We don't talk enough about what Coach Clark has done with those tight ends. Yeah. We don't talk enough about what Fessy Sataki has done with those wide receivers and, and helping coordinate in the passing game. Like – these guys are working together extremely well, and you can see it on the field. And for me, it's just uh, it's a validation of what I've stood by as people have been upset with Kalani for firing or having to move on from Ty Detmer. I want people to understand moving on from Ty Detmer was a very, like, deep, difficult thing for Kalani. He had to step Very out very deep. Yeah, let me add. He had to step out on a major limb to make that move. Yeah, it was, in a, and I know that that was an emotional move, and 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 it's it's hard because you look back at that, and and everybody loves Ty, and I love Ty, mm-hmm. and I would love to seen Ty Detmer get more time, and Ben Cahoon get more time, and Mike Impey get more time. I'd I'd love to seen it because those are great coaches. You know, I think Ben Cahoon should be one of the primary receiver coaches in this country at, at, at whatever level he wants to be a receiver coach, because he's literally one of the greatest receivers I've ever played with. He so, was really, really good for many, many years. And he's one of the greatest, obviously he's the greatest in Canadian football history. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I would have loved to see those guys get that, but Kalani had some major decisions to make 
and and he made those decisions and he's made moves he's made uh, he's made internal moves on staffs to try to max out what players can do and you're seeing it pay off and and by the way uh cougar nation out there that's listening BYU had their best recruiting class. This is my opinion. I don't know if it showed in all those different marks and 24-7s or whatever. I don't know if it showed. But what I watched with the John Henry Daly kid and the Fano kid and the Damuni kid and the, the, and the, um, the, the Hulk kid, yeah. that was the best recruiting class I've seen from Kalani Satake. I think it's an underrated recruiting class. And when they get back from their missions – I feel like this team is going to be exiting and there's a whole beautiful set of freshmen that will be coming in. So be extremely happy and feel lucky that Kalani put his name on that two-year extension to take him to 2025 because – and I think – I still think here in the middle of the season if if BYU stays on this train, I still think you tear that up and give Kalani what he originally wanted. I'd try and lock him in as long as you possibly can. If, yeah. I, if I'm BYU, there's no doubt about that. All right, let's hop back out to the phone lines. Chase is up next. How are you? Hey, Chase. Hey, guys. Uh, just two sentences. Uh, the contract stuff, the reason you get resistance hands as you talk about it every day, I think they'll, do, they'll take care of them when they can. They should. I do no, think they that don't. BYU is and they awesome. Didn't. No, they don't, and they didn't. Well, so, I think they will, ahead. and they can. No, they, they will. no, they they had an opportunity, they didn't. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I think they will, and they they should. Um, you guys talk about BYU, you know, taking on Pac-12 teams, and um, you know, I don't know what else they can show to say they've got the talent, they've got the uh, the coaching, they've got the people, and um, uh, BYU's arrived, and they're awesome. So. Good on Tom. Good on Kalani. Go from there. All right. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for the call. Uh, very interesting. The, there is a perception out there that BYU did, is taking care of Kalani because, Hans, I think you and I both know behind the scenes over there, there has been uh, consternation is probably the easiest term I can use. That's He needs to be taken care of. There's no doubt about that. And a two-year extension, it's fine. But I very much think they could have done more to take care of him. Yeah, it bums me out that BYU fans like Chase think that they have. So, anyways, let's right. move on. Let's, let's hop out next, of the next one. Caller. Next call. Seth is up next. Seth, how are you, sir? Guys, how's it going? Man, what connection? A uh, wonky yeah, there. I think we're dealing with a connection issue. Can you can hear you me? Hear us? Yep, there you yes, go. Yes, I can go hear ahead. you. Awesome. Go oh ahead. man! First off, go go Cougs! I lost my voice a little in that student section. Making all those false starts was great, but I just want to make the point: I was nine years old in 2009 after BYU beat Oklahoma, where we outphysicaled them, kind of like what we did against Utah, and then we played a Florida State team that wasn't nearly as good, but they had so much speed that they killed us. I just love to see the speed that we have on the outside that we can cover their receivers and that we've got the Nakua brothers and Neil Powell and Gunnar Romney being able to compete with these four or five star defensive backs that Arizona state has. And I just think this is the most complete team we've had in such a long time. And 
I'm a total homer, and I think this every year, but I think this is a, a special season, and I'm looking forward to it. So thank Man. you, guys. Thank I'm, you, Seth. I think uh, so many BYU fans are there with you, Seth, and, and you're right to feel that way. This is um, – it's a pretty incredible feeling with a team that it, – it, it, there's a sense that they've got backfield depth, defensive backfield depth. There's a sense that they've got um, specialty depth on the offensive side, and there is a sense that this coaching staff is just dialed in. Like I talked about, these coordinators, Roderick again puts together – a nice game plan to keep Arizona state on their heels. I mean, it was a, a real mix of everything off the board from play actions to hard downhill running to dropping it off to Mason wake and, and watching Mason hurdle another guy. Like mm-hmm. it, it had everything involved and it is nice to see Lapina Katoa is still getting his carries. So he's got to feel happy. Tyler Algier got a heavy load, 21 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. It's just, you're seeing correct distribution. Um, whether you're talking about Gunnar Romney getting his six catches on 100 yards or Isaac Rex getting a couple catches or Dallin Hoker getting a couple catches, I'd like to see Isaac Rex maybe go up in that five to eight category. Sure. I'd like to see Dallin Hoker in that four to six category. Neil Powell in that five range and Gunnar Romney in that five to eight range. But we're seeing it spread over the field. Aaron Roderick does a good job of of keeping it dropped off in the, in the right places. And I, I think, Seth, I think that you you speak for most of BYU Nation, that they're feeling this huge sense of optimism. There are some big ones on the board. Yes. There are some really big ones, Jake. You know that that Baylor game is going to be a coaching – that is going to be a coaching masterpiece on both sides. I think Dave Aranda is one of the best game planners out there as the head coach of Baylor. And but, you have Jeff Grimes, obviously, in that connection. Yeah, Mateus, but tell me – it, it's that oh, Bronco matchup, right? Oh, I mean, I was gonna say then that, that that's the one we've all got circled. Now the guy who left you after winning ninety nine games in Provo is coming yeah. back to town. Hey, you might not want to bleak on Utah State. Utah State pulls off a big win against Air Force, and they three start and the season three and zero. They're, they're with a win over a Pac twelve. Their team. Vegas number, like in terms of the overall wins they were projected to have the season, was three. They yeah. already are three and zero. Yeah, Blake Anderson's doing something special. <laughs> I uh, know he's. It was uh, twenty-one points in the fourth quarter to get them back into the win on that game. All right, let's get into some more phone calls. We're going to get to uh, Tyler Algiers' media session here in just a little bit. But let's throw it back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Matt. Matt, how are you? Hey guys, great win. Love it. Can we give a shout out to those big boys up front? They had a killer last drive of the game. I know they had a couple mm-hmm. mistakes with some twists and stuff earlier, but nice job to the big man up front. Yeah, man. I like it. Anything else uh, you'd like to say before we let you go? That's everything. Let's go. Big All right, boys. man. I, I, hey, I like it. Second by the call way, in for the front. Second straight week. The BYU had the game on the line. They needed to put together a drive to kill off the game. And the second straight week, they pull through in the end. Well, those big boys up front, man, everybody's starting to know them. Connor Pay is doing a really good job at a very young age filling in at that guard position. Uh, Clark Barrington continues to be a stalwart. Uh, I think that the guy that you're really pointing to when you make that call is James Impey. Yep. You will hear from James Impey Monday at 10 a.m. He joins Scotty and I every single Monday to give us a breakdown of what's going on, and, and it couldn't be better timing. But I'll just tell you, I now – I uh, I was I was having some other pre and post game duties, and so I missed parts of the first quarter of that game. Mm-hmm. 
But when I watch the game, my eye always focuses to the center because I like to see center quarterback exchange. And then I always look at quarterbacks first steps and first touch. And, and so my, my mind visually grades a center and I instantly graded through three quarters, graded James Impey well above an A. 96, 97%. I mean, sure. it's very difficult to find him in a wrong positioning, taking the wrong steps. He does everything right. And then you look at those offensive tackles that are doing such great work. I think Lachance is doing fantastic. And I, and I think that, um, I think that again, another young guy in Blake Freeland, an up and coming guy, I have always felt like he's got incredible talent. Mm-hmm. They are all doing good work. And the backups, Joe Tukawafu is doing great work. Clark Barrington's brother, is it Campbell? Campbell Barrington. Campbell yeah. Barrington is doing great work. So it's, you're right, bud, it's those big pigs up front, man. They are good, and if they're driving home right now, big thumb, thumbs up to every one of you guys. You really are the engine that is making this vehicle run on the offensive side of the ball. You can't kill off a game BYU has in the last two weeks without those guys getting a big push up front. So, yeah, you got to give big credit to them. All right, got more callers here. Wow, we are stacking them up here. So, hands, let's keep rolling through them. Let's go out to Dave. Dave, what is up? Hey, guys. Uh, big win tonight. Super excited. I, I was thinking back to, um, you know, they're not pretty wins, obviously. Um, but they kind of remind me of, like, that 0-1 team. Um, remind me of a, a, a Ohio State Buckeye national championship team in, in I think 2002, where you got really gritty play, um, you got you know close wins, but they have confidence and swagger. And I just I think the sky's the the limit with this team. Uh, really excited to see. I don't know what what do you guys think as far as just like their their ultimate potential. What, what do you think these this team can uh, can accomplish? Mm. I think sky's the limit, and I, I do think that the schedule really lines up interestingly for them. As we mentioned, you've still got big games. Utah State is going to be interesting. Uh, that's going to be at Lavelle, or sorry, that's going to be at, at Maverick Stadium. Maverick Stadium, Merlin Olson Field, and Boise State is going to be a fit, and then Baylor is going to be another tough one, and then Virginia. So you've still got games, but but the thing is, each of those are winnable, very very winnable. And each of those does something for your cachet. Correct. It does something for you nationally. Mm-hmm. So you've got games that are winnable. You've got interesting matchups, but you still have things that can add to the to the uh, the, the impressiveness of this team and this this schedule. So those are a couple of things to pay attention to. And then to that caller's other point, this team does have a very beautiful, unique swagger. I, I do want to mention that. The first three games out of the gates, whether it was the neutral site in Vegas or these two at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, they have had the beautiful comfort of their fans enveloping them and carrying them and loving them. And Uh so that swagger has been very heavy because every time you make a play, it's just adulation. It is crazy crowd noise. And so you can feel it and you want to make those plays. But. There's also another interesting thing on the sideline. I know Puka Nakua has not blown things up. Samson Nakua has not blown things up. But I think that they bring a very unique confidence and swagger to the team. I think Jaron Hall and his style has brought a very unique swagger and style 
to BYU sideline. And, and so to his point, it is a, a unique confidence, a very soft. Oh, and then on the, the defensive side, those linebackers bring a lot of a swagger. Again, we're still waiting on the Keenan Peely news. I'm most worried about him. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, Jaron Hall was on the or at the podium, and Jaron Hall said himself, I'm feeling fine. I will be ready tomorrow, and I'll be ready to go on Monday. So that's really good news coming from BYU starting quarterback. No doubt. And Jared actually said after the game, he said, we're not winning this pretty right now. We're winning kind of ugly, but we will take it, obviously. You go to 3-0, and you're, you're sitting pretty there. So we'll continue to obviously track everything that we can track down in this postgame. All right, let's get out to Brandon next. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Sorry, my voice is totally gone right now, but I'm going to just give a few thoughts really quick. Go so, right ahead. Um, first thought, I think – you know, when I left on my mission two years ago, I was really concerned about BYU football, um, you know, because I didn't think that we were living up to expectations with Kalani, et cetera. But between this season and from heard from last season, I think you guys are absolutely right. He needs, you know, he needed a longer contract than just two years. He deserves so much more from this university that, you know, he's giving literally his all to. And I just want to add, you know, another point. I think that the Nakua brothers and, you know, a lot of other people, receivers, you know, defensive players on this team, they do bring that confidence that you can't just – you can't replace, right? You know, these, these aren't pretty wins like you guys have said, but that confidence has really carried this team to a new height, I feel like. I feel like it, it carries them, you know, in a lot of these games. There's a lot of energy. Yeah, I think the fans have played a huge role in that as well. Um, so we'll see what happens when we go, you know, a little bit further away on the road. But I think if this team keeps that energy and keeps that confidence, you know, the sky's the limit. And my last little bit is what do you guys think needs to happen to define this as a successful season? I know we've already beat Utah, you know, which is something we've been waiting on for a long time. But what do you what do you want to do? What do you want to see BYU do to accomplish, like to have a successful season or define it as a successful season? Oh, that's a good one. That's a yeah. great question. Uh, I think uh, in order to define this as a successful season, uh, ooh, now based off expectations change. I was going to say, because going into the season, I kind of had it pegged eight, nine wins was a successful year. Eight wins was successful. Nine wins was going to be fantastic. Nine wins is going to get you ranked. But suddenly, you're 3-0. Yeah, so it resets uh, what a good season would look like from here on out. What would a good season look like? What... What is something at, that is achievable when you're not inside of a conference? At minimum, 10 wins. At bare minimum at well, this point. Okay, so you've, you've racked up three. Uh-huh. Let's say South Florida, Two Utah wins. State, Washington State, Idaho State, Georgia Southern. There's, there's five wins. That's eight. That's eight. So then you've got to find two more with, did I, I, I th- with, two more with Boise State, Baylor, Baylor Virginia, and, then and USC. USC. Two more in there, and I think all of those are oh yeah winnable. Very all all of them are winnable. You should go two and two in that. Yeah, so you can oh, get at minimum ten wins. Yeah. That's ten wins. So ten wins is successful. Ten wins would finish you in the top twenty. Oh, easily uh, top may, fifteen, probably. maybe closer to thirteen, fourteen. You finished eleven last year at eleven and one. Um, I, with that with that schedule and a, and a really freaky season, sure. Um, so maybe yeah, maybe ten wins finishes you more ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, something in that range, and that'd be 
You do that two years in a row. It won't get you a New Year's Six Bowl. A 10 wins won't get you a New Year's no. Six. 11 and 1 the with the schedule, they're going to they're gonna want to see more of you, especially if you finish strong. Like, let's say your one loss, geez, I mean, it's not going to be – they're going to beat USC. We, the USC looked really good today after they turned it on today. Yeah, who and, knows? and we'll see. They've got this interim yeah. coach, and, and they're going to announce some things. But um, – I'm just I'm just looking at this. I, I just don't see a given loss here, and and so, you know, it's one of those things where you just don't want to have a hiccup loss. You can start to dream if you're a BYU fan right now. What I mean, but seriously, to his question, what would qualify a a, a great season? The baseline is ten wins at this point. I it's think. ten wins, but but. 10 wins gives you a top let's say let's say high end it gives you a top 10 finish let's say you finish 10th uh-huh. in the country um what bowl game do they stuff you in and so, do you get a reputable opponent and in a real shot to make noise that, and that's the thing about it that, that's gonna be a conversation we're gonna have here down the stretch run of the season obviously we're just the quarter turn poll we're, we're three games in yeah but last year byu the thought was if byu were inside that top 12 of the college football playoff ranking they would make a New Year's Six Bowl game. Ultimately, I think they were 14th once the Bulls were selected there. If you're sitting inside that top 12 hands, come that selection time, really could be a bit, an interesting conversation because BYU currently is contracted to play in the Independence Bowl, Raycom or something like that, Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. That would be a disappointment if you're a 10-win team playing in that yeah. type of a game. That's what I'm talking about. And that's the concern, not being in the But conference. that's where a 10-win team would go. That's, a, that's yeah. absolutely where they might go. So 10 wins is the baseline, I think, at this point. The reasonable expectation is 10 wins for the Cougars right now, barring something completely catastrophic. But you're allowed to open up your mind and go a little deeper than that. Yeah, I would I would absolutely. You can start to dream if you're a BYU fan. So, I mean, you can dream right now thinking, what if, what could they do here? Because two of the most what we would have con- considered in the preseason to be losable games, they've won. They beat Utah. They beat Arizona State. Suddenly, nothing is impossible for this team, and that that should excite you as a BYU fan. All right, let's throw it back out to the phone lines here. Let's get one more call in before we take a break. Let's go. I think we're up on Devin, right, Lundy? Oh, sorry, Brady. Brady's up next. Brady, how are you? What's up, guys? Not too much. What's going on, man? Not much. Hey, I just got to say, driving home, heading back heading from Polo to Ogden, it's been great. For two weeks in a row, not seeing the U lit up on the mountain. <laughs> All right. I, okay. I like that. And I got another thing. Let, let's get rid of this South Florida game and get rid of Idaho Idaho State game. Let's call on UCLA and Colorado. Maybe we'll be Pac-12 champ. South champ. <laughs> well, they do have a 3-0 and start against the Pac-12 South. There's no doubt about that. Thank you for the call, Brady. That was really funny. The U not lit up for two weeks in a row. Brady, uh, drive safe, brother. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. We, re- we really do appreciate it. All right, let's hit a break here. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, those of you on the phone lines, looks like we got Devin, Dario, and Zach. Stay on the phone lines. We'll get to you guys next. You still need to play the audio from uh, Tyler Algier, the hero of this game, the guy who deserves the game ball. Absolute game-changing play to chase down Merlin Robertson and punch that ball out. We'll get to all of that. This is your Cougar postgame show right here on the Zone Sports Network. 
Second down, running back went the wrong direction. Hall's going to throw it, and he's got his tight end wide open. A blown coverage, Isaac Rex. Touchdown, BYU. It went from a blown play to a blown coverage. All the misdirection. Send the line one way and let Rex sneak behind them to the opposite side. The linebackers' eyes are going with the offensive line. And who runs in front of them? They did not see him. Rex. That is just a misdirection run to perfection. This is your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network in hands. That touchdown, it was a play design of beauty. Isaac Rex kind of acted like he was doing a little drag route. All of a sudden just busts up the seam. And nobody with Arizona State went with him. Jaron Hall just needed to get it to him and delivers it for the touchdown. What a game. 27-17 BYU is off to a 3-0 start for the second straight year. And I want to remind people, the last time BYU started back-to-back seasons 3-0, 1951 and 1952. It's been a really long time since the Cougars have had back-to-back starts like this. So, Really, really fun times. All right, Hinch, we hop back out to the phone lines let's here. Let's do it. All right, let's get out to Devin. Devin, what's up? Hey, how's it going, you guys? Doing well. How are you? Good to talk to you, Yach. Good to talk to you, Hans. I'm just uh, back in Salt Lake Valley, back in uh, Big 12 country. <laughs> Isn't that Pac-12 country up there in Salt Lake Valley? Guys, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate everything you guys do. Um, yeah, I, there's a, there's been a lot said about uh, the swagger of the team, um, the swagger that Coach Kalani brings to us, and I really feel like that's that's bled down to the fans. I've been super proud of our fan base the last couple of weeks, and. And, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to go out to Arizona. We showed up. We showed up proud. We showed up loud. And um, I think we're all just riding a little bit of a momentum and a little bit of a high. And, and uh, it's just a good feeling. It's a good feeling. I know that it's a, it's a, a palpable thing in the stadium. And, and I think that, the, you know, I think that everyone can feel it. I don't. I don't think I'm the only one. But well, uh, Devin, I, no, yeah, that's sorry, Devin. about it. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, Devin. And I think that's. I think that's a good point there, Hans. I think people they can see the swagger from this team. And you mentioned a little earlier on about the Nakua brothers and the kind of the swagger they brought uh, to this team. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out from last week's game against Utah, it didn't show up on film, but. As BYU went to go uh, kneel that uh, to, to kneel that game out against the Utes, uh, they have obviously in the victory formation. You have a player that's usually probably 10, 15, 20 yards behind the play. They just have how they line up. Well, it was Samson Nakua on that play. Well, he started dancing hands, mm. and actually Jaron Hall had to turn around and bark at him, and say, "Hey, get set!" He's just dancing on the field, celebrating this victory, just having the time of his life. Yeah. They had to get him set so they could take the snap, yeah, or else it would have been a false start. Yeah, he's fun, man. They're, and they, that's a group that's loving to have fun. Now, they don't want to get outside of themselves. No. And they got to keep focused and attack this upcoming week like they attacked this week of Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Enjoy this win. you got to bear it because every one of these guys have been around a team. Well, most of these guys. Some of them are young. But every one of them have been around. Most of them have been around a team 
that then suffered an ugly loss that threw the season right into the dumpster. And I, the proverbial dumpster. Sure. Like it's, yeah. They still have things to play for, and they could still have a good season. But they know if they lose one game, they lose a lot of the fan excitement. Mm-hmm. They lose a lot of the national attention. They lose a lot of the spotlight. They know, and they've seen it. Like one bad loss takes away these great, these three great wins that they've started the season out with. Correct. So they need to all remember that, stay focused, and I get it. The dancing is a blast, and and that does bring swagger to the sideline, and it's so much fun to see that. As long as it doesn't become a distraction, yeah. which which it's not right now. It's just not no, right now. It's not but... right right now. It's just a ton of fun, and everybody is. Everybody's kind of surrounding that excitement and having fun with it. Yeah, the electric, and, and winning. The electric, the electric slide out there. Is, they're having a lot of fun with that in the locker room. We, we heard James Emmy talk about how they do the electric slide after those victories. <laughs> Obviously, I'm sure this last one was absolutely epic. All right, let's get back out to the phone lines. Dario, you're up next. How are you, Dario? Hey, um, first, thanks for the tickets. This is the best game. I've been. Uh, is this is this Dario I, who was listening to Locked On Cougars? Yes, I won the tickets on the Locked On Cougars. Um, been a BYU fan since I've been in the country last fourteen years. Uh, me and my twelve year old boy were able to to be there, and what a blast it was. Um, one one note, um, I read somewhere that the eighty three yard punt was like the longest punt in. BYU history, so correct. That's that's something we you, you guys haven't mentioned yet, but um, it really helped out in a in a difficult time when we were against uh, against the the goal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Struggling to uh, to get out, but um, this this team is exciting, man. Um, what what a fun night! Thanks. Well, Dario, I hope you enjoyed the game. Let me give a little background on this, Hands. Um, so, obviously, I work with the Locked On Podcast. Now we're doing Locked On Cougars. It's a daily podcast focused on BYU. I do make some pocket money off of that. And I decided this past summer I was actually going to save up some of that money. And I actually bought a pair of season tickets uh-huh. to BYU football this year. And I've been giving them to the listeners of that podcast. And Dario went to the game tonight with his 12-year-old son. So, really, really cool. Very and, cool. Some we'll continue to do, obviously, over there on the podcast side of things. But we're also giving away tickets here on the Zone Sports Network for any of you that are listening as well. We do those throughout the week as well for all home games for Utah, BYU, Utah State, and Weber State. We got you guys covered on that front. So really, really cool. And he is right. The 83-yard punt was an absolute rocket that Ryan Rico hit in this game. It is the all-time record for BYU. The previous record was Scott Ariano with an 81-yard punt, I believe, back somewhere in the 2010s. Uh, before that, hands Lee Thunderfoot Johnson had the record. So Ryan Rico doing some good things, and he's only a freshman. There's some thought that he might reset that record at some point down the road here. Lee Johnson, the guy from the funeral commercials? Yep, Thunderfoot himself <laughs> from the funeral commercials. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure he loves you. Would I look good being buried in blue? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Yeah, blue or Kansas City red? Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember who he kicked he for. He kicked for Cincinnati Bengals. He could, do the, he could do the Tiger Stripes if he really wanted to. He kicked for the Bengals for many, many years as well. So I like that guy, and, and every time I see that commercial, I'm like, Oh, man, don't die, Lee. I know, exactly. We can't lose Lee. He's a legend. Because they're sitting at a table. They're like, I know. Oh, maybe maybe I should be buried in cougar stuff. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Jeez. 
Oh, uh, any of you who've seen those commercials know exactly what we're talking about. If problem. you haven't seen them, I'd be stunned. Then watch a jazz game. You'll see it. Yeah, you will. All right. Uh, we got one more caller here. Let's get to Zach real quick. Zach, how are you? Good. How are you, Jake? And we're doing, and doing well. Good, man. good. So <clears throat> I was going to talk about our, our special teams. I feel like our special teams did very well tonight. And then our defensive line did be very good as well, I feel like. What do you guys think? Man, a great call. Awesome call. Do it again. And very good observations. And it starts with the punter. I mean, Ryan Rico is something special. 52.8 average hands. And funny enough, that fifth punt, it was six punts or five punts he had. Six punts in all. Yeah. Uh, on his fourth punt hands, he was averaging over 60 yards a punt. So his last two punts actually brought his average down to 52.7. That's unbelievable. Yeah, because he had to spot punt it. Yeah, it did. And, and tagged it on the five-yard line. Yep. Uh, so to your call, hey, fantastic call. And, man, you are watching close, and I can tell you've got a keen eye with football because not a lot of people tune in to, to look at those special teams. But it it was very good. Obviously, perfect on extra points. Justin Smith is doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Perfect on the punting, pinning him in the five on a on a placement kick, and booting an eighty three yarder and doing so many great things. Uh, there just wasn't a ton of opportunity in return game, um, whether it's kick returns or punt return. Yeah. Um, they didn't even have a kick return. Opportunity and Hobbs Nyberg only had two punt return opportunities that just based off the punt gave him no chance to return. But cover teams were good, uh, kick teams looked good, and you are right, man. Special teams are clicking. Yeah, they are clicking right now. And that's credit to, to Ed Lamb, who is the special teams coordinator yeah. for BYU, in addition to his responsibilities with the safeties. He's also the assistant head coach. I, I believe he's also the designated timeout caller. I don't know if you noticed that recently with him. It's not Kalani calling the timeout. It's Ed Lamb. I think I think Ed has, has always called timeout. He, he's done it for a while yeah. now. It's kind of, it's kind yeah. of funny. The, a lot of people, because I, I see it every so often. Yeah. Why is Ed Lamb calling timeout? Well, I think he's designated. That's like his well, job. Uh, well, Ed's Ed's a he is a mastermind at clock management. Well, so. he, he knows this yeah. backwards and forwards. Well, yeah, and as a head coach for Southern Utah for mm-hmm. so many years, people. I hope people understand how lucky they have, are to have Ed. By the way, Ed Lamb. Another member of that 1996 Cotton Bowl team. I was gonna say, yeah, he was a uh, backup rush edge, and mm-hmm. Ed was he was a specialty rusher and did a fantastic job on that Cotton Bowl team. And I'm sure loved having his old teammates. I've I've been talking to a couple of my old teammates from that '96 team, and it's fun, man. John Tate was back in Tate town. was here. Tate was back in that stadium, and I don't know. I, I, I say, don't. I don't stay in touch with Tate, so I don't know how long it's been since he's been back in that stadium. It's got to have been a bit, though. Uh, uh, I think I saw Kaipo McGuire was back in I that stadium. I did see Kaipo, and he's now a lieutenant colonel at the Air Force Academy or some such. Well, that that would fit him. I, I I loved that man. He is he is a special kid, and uh, he he was just released from the Colts when I showed up with the Colts, and I, he the people there still love that guy. So. Um, 
Pretty cool to see Ed Lamb have, you know, oh, his yeah. his teammates that were there on the sideline with him. And... K.O. Kale Louie was here. You know, Levi is what he goes by now. But yeah. He was in town. I saw a picture of him hanging out. The reception seemed like it was – they, that team was well-received by Cougar oh, fans. Yeah. And as you would expect, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'll give a special shout-out to Chad Lewis. I, I know that Chad put a lot of work into organizing it. Uh, he'd reached out to me to – try to help him organize some numbers and get some numbers of old teammates. I'm hoping that Larry Moore got back into town. Sure. Uh, I don't, I had, I've not seen that he was, and I haven't heard from Larry, but uh, Larry is one of my all time favorites. And that 96 football team, it was a special team and it was great to have them on that sideline watching this big win over Arizona state. Yeah, absolutely. All right, hands. What do you say? We finish things off at letting everybody hear from the man of the game himself, Tyler Algier spoke to the media earlier this evening. He's the one uh, player we have not heard from. So let's get to it. Tyler Algier, BYU running back and the man with the Superman punch. Tyler, I've got a sneaky suspicion that, you know, what we're going to ask you about first, take us through that play after the interception, what happened? What'd you see? What was, what was your thoughts? Yeah, literally catch up to him, catch up to him and go get him. And about uh, literally right when the interception, me and Puka ended up hitting each other, hitting each other. But that literally slowed us down. And then literally I just freaking hauled butt, hauled butt and tried to do it. And then really tried to strip it. And hope, thankfully it was successful. So, When did you make the decision to go for the strip as opposed to the tackle? Did you just see the ball out there? Or, or, how, or is that just the linebacker in you going for the ball? <laughs> literally just... Dude, just trying to do my part, trying to do my part. Literally, anyone would have done it, but but I was I was the one that did it. So, Ty, that was almost exactly what I was going to ask you about. What was with that play? Was was where did you kind of learn that move? And maybe a follow up. Have you ever thought about a career in pro wrestling with the way that you kind of climbed <laughs> on the dude and punched the ball out? Yeah, it literally came out of nowhere. Literally came out of nowhere. I was like, shoot, let me let me try something new, and then it ended up working. So grateful, grateful it did. Hopefully it caught us a done. All right, Ben, last question. Tyler, um, you know, when you were a defensive player, you led the team in tackles. As an offensive player, you're leading the team in rushing. Um, is there anything you, you, you can't do? And um, how do you think that that sets you apart from um, – you know, other football players in college football and, and, and does it make you stand out for, do you think, NFL scouts? And I know you're focused on the next game, et cetera, but how do you think it makes you stand out? Um, I would hope it makes me stand out a lot, but, you know, it's literally just what Coach Kalanian always says and uh, A-Rod and all the offense, literally just doing your 111th, and that's that's what I did. Literally just interception, literally saved, literally saved us from a touchdown. Literally just hauled my butt and then literally just ended up making the play at the right time, right place. I was just at the right place at the right time, so I ended up making the play. No grateful for that. It, it was a physical game. There was a face mask on you. It looked like it was a little bit of a dirty play. What was your reaction to it, and what was uh, the coaching that uh, Harvey gave you on the sidelines? Yeah, literally. Literally, it was two in a row, literally to Peeney and then to me. So, literally, it was just like, Literally just met, screw the reads. Literally just make them pay, make them pay. You know they're they're playing dirty, playing dirty towards the end, and then um, but we ended up just sticking it, sticking to it. It was like twelve plays in a row. It was a run, so you know literally 
we all came together and literally just pounded. Literally wasted like six six minutes, I think, on the clock. So we really just did our thing. Awesome. Thanks. You're good to go. Thank you. There you go, Tyler Algier. And uh, hands, I hate to say it, but not everybody would have done what he did. It's no. Just, he said, everybody would have done that. I'm like, in, no. in fact, uh, I've never seen something that spectacular as far as a, 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 at running back. Yes. Catching up with the guy and going over the top and clubbing the way he did. No, 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 no. He may be one of only one that's going to do something like that. That was just a unique, incredible, over-the-top play. And it is something that will forever stand out for BYU fans that were at that game. Yeah, it's stunning. That, that play, because when that interception was thrown, I think every BYU fan had thoughts back to recent losses to Utah where pick sixes were thrown because he thrown right to Merlin Robinson, the linebacker there. He was off to the races. And Tyler Algier, he got on his horse, caught him, and as he, as he said, I just kind of came out of nowhere. I just thought, you know, I'm going to try something. And what a moment of brilliance that was. Because as you mentioned, Hans, he easily could try to punch it from below, try to punch it from the other side. He reaches up and around and tries to punch it back into the field of play. Absolutely incredible. And like kind of one of those instant legend uh, plays, I think, in BYU history. That's going to be on highlight reels for many, many years to come. Uh, and it should be, man. That's, that's pretty incredible. Uh, uh, that, that play, I just, Wow. Never seen anything like it. All right, hands. Well, it is one thirty-six in the morning here. Uh, of course, we've been at Tri-Day Trading all night. A uh, big thank you to them and also JCWs for sponsoring the Cougar Post Game Show. Uh, before we go here, hands, any final thoughts from you as we wrap things up? Yeah, sky's the limit for this team, and health is going to be important. I don't expect to see Keenan Peely back. That's a bummer. Uh, and, and that goes off of what Kalani said in his presser. He's spotted on crutches yeah. towards the end of that game. If you know how to read Kalani, uh, you know how to read Kalani. Yes. And, and I think that he's saying Keenan Peely will not be back. I think Mahe is going to be back. I think your big, your big nose tackle, he's going to be back, mm-hmm. and that's good news. I think that this team continues to learn from each other, and I've been texting back and forth with some of the coaches tonight, and – I will tell you that they don't feel like they've played their best game yet. They feel like they've played very good football, but they haven't played their best, most complete game yet. Jaron Hall is going to be back. From his own words, he said that he'll be ready to go tomorrow and he'll be on the practice field ready to go on Monday. Got so, the wind knocked out of him is what he said. Yep, so that's, that's great news. Although it's done, stop putting yourself at risk. No Gotta be more. smart. Gotta be don't, smart. Don't do that, man. If, if you've got a special team – a special season potentially in front of you. Do not put yourself in harm's way like that anymore. Uh, I think that this team's got swagger. I think that they are coached by the right staff. Aaron Roderick, Elisa Tuiaki. I hope that those guys know how much, well, I hope that BYU fans are showing their appreciation. Mm -hmm. And I hope those guys know that those of us that know football we're seeing their game plans play out, and they are poetry. Correct. And they are very difficult. I always put myself in the opposing shoes to try to defend against it or play against it, and it, they have come up with some very difficult game plans that have undone their opponents. So big shout-out to those guys and really every one of the assistant staff. These guys look prepared. They look ready. They look like they're, suppo- they're in the place they're supposed to be. And I'm excited for this team. 
We've got a listener hands that's listening on the East Coast, 338 here, and I got a crying laughing emoji. They're listening oh. on the East Coast at 338 a.m. Eastern time. Man, you're sick. Well, you may need to seek help. That's you're you're worse than us, man. Hey, thank you for listening. And it's it's a blast yeah, to do we love this. Doing it. What a win for the Cougars. Twenty seven to seventeen. They are three and zero. I'm guessing the national rankings hands are gonna be well inside the top twenty when those come out tomorrow around midday. Uh, keep it locked right here on The Zone throughout the week. You mentioned that James Ampey will be joining you guys on Hands and Scotty right at 10 a.m. on Monday. Uh, the DJ and PK, we will have uh, Samson Nakua bright and early, 7 a.m. on Monday morning as well. Players and coaches throughout the week, obviously with media availabilities as they get ready for this USF game. And obviously, we'll be back at JCW's for the pregame next week, getting you ready for BYU and the South Florida Bulls as BYU tries to get some revenge for that loss in 2019. We'll have it all covered for you guys. And as we mentioned throughout the week, we'll have it all covered for you guys. DJ and PK in the morning, Hans and Scotty at midday, and also the big show on your drive home. So keep it locked right here on the Zone Sports Network. For Alex Lundberg back in the studios helping us out, for Hans Olsen, I'm Jay Catch. Thank you for tuning in. This has been your Cougar postgame show right here on the Zone Sports Network.